We're in the midst of a series of messages uh, looking at six compound names of God uh, from the Old Testament. The purpose is to know him better because names in the Bible are more than just pleasant sounds. They describe who the person is, their character, and their essence. And if we want to know God, we need to know how he is described and what his names are in the Bible. You know, the Native Americans believe the same thing, that a name should describe the person. If you recall the, the, the popular movie Dances with Wolves, he was named that because he danced with wolves. That was, that was what they observed him doing. And, uh, and so that was his name to the to Native American folks. Uh, my Native American name is Bald Guy Who Smells Funny. But, you know, it's, it's one of the uh, crosses I have to bear, I guess. So far, we've learned that God is Jehovah Jireh, the provider, that God is Jehovah Nisi, our banner around which we, we gather and because of which we are triumphant. He is also Jehovah Shalom, our peace. Today, we're going to talk about Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Still to come is Jehovah Rohi, our shepherd. And finally, Jehovah Tzidkenu, uh, God, the Lord, our righteousness. Let's start with a background a little bit on the story in Exodus 15. The people of Israel were just starting out on their 40-year wandering in the wilderness. The crossing of the Red Sea had just happened. Now, many scholars believe that it was the Reed Sea, uh, not the main part of the Red Sea, but a, a tributary of it, Cecil B. DeMille notwithstanding. But fresh from that miraculous display of God's power, the people of Israel get thirsty and they start to grumble. The spring that they come upon is bitter, it's called, probably because of a high saline content. And God shows Moses a certain tree or bush, and he throws a branch or two into the pool, and it makes the water drinkable. The Bible says it becomes sweet. And in the midst of it, God makes this first statute or law in verse 26 of Exodus chapter 15. If you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give heed to his commandments, yet to be given, and keep all his statutes to come, I will not bring upon you any of the diseases that I brought upon the Egyptians, which you can read about in Exodus 7 through 11. For I am the Lord who heals you, the Lord who heals you. In Hebrew, that's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. God is the source of all our healing. No matter what the method or tool that is used, God is the source of it all, whether it be medicine, surgery, home remedies, or miraculous healings, either spontaneous or gradual. God is the source of our healing. That's his name, the Lord, our healer. It was a major part of the ministry of Jesus, wasn't it? Mark 6, verse 56 says, and wherever he, Jesus, went into the villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. Much like our hymn that we sang earlier today, the quartet. And Luke chapter 6, verse 16 says, And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Healing is also a major part of the continuing ministry of Jesus through his body, the church, you and me. Luke 9, verses 1 and 2 says this, Then Jesus called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. 
And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 9 says this, To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. Now, I have seen the various kinds of healing at work at various times in my life. The miracle of medicine and surgery and therapy and so forth. The Methodist Church has been instrumental in starting hospitals and medical clinics all over the world. And even today, the Fount is currently supporting a medical mission in Nepal. There's also the miracles of old wives' tales, remedies. Believe it or not, some of them actually work. And then the miracles of spontaneous, instant, or gradual healing when there's no other explanation. You know, that kind of brings up a controversy. Miracles are, are somewhat controversial. For most people, the definition itself of miracle is something that cannot be otherwise explained. Isn't that true? If we can't explain it, then it must be a miracle. That relates, as it relates to healing, what the doctors do or what medication does is therefore not a miracle in some people's minds because we can explain it. We can explain the science behind it. But you know what? Science and spirituality are not mutually excludable. Is that a right phrase? Hmm. I see it all as miraculous. I truly do. Some people, when they hear the story about Moses and the miracle piece of wood that he threw into the bitter water to make it sweet, immediately want to know one thing, and that's, what kind of wood was it? And does it actually have that effect on highly salinized water? Can we, can we show it in a scientific experiment? Is there an explanation, therefore? And if so, if we can figure out what it, how it works, then it's not a miracle. I disagree. I disagree completely. Even if it was explainable, it was God who directed Moses to the wood. Just as God directs uh, scientists and clinicians to uh, develop medicines and vaccines. It's all miracle because it's all from God. God created our minds. He gave us the wherewithal to figure some things out. And he walks with us through that process because the Lord is healer. But you know, sometimes he doesn't heal, at least not the way we would want. And when that happens, it creates a crisis sometimes of faith. Why are some people not healed? It's a natural question, and I've heard it hundreds of times. Why didn't God heal my loved one? I want to believe that God can heal, but why didn't he? Especially, this is natural when someone too young dies. But what about people like actress Cloris Leachman, who passed away this week at the age of 94? Does it ever occur to us to question why elderly people die? Why do humans not live much beyond 100 years? If God is healer, couldn't he do that? And didn't some of the patriarchs of the Bible live to be several hundred years old, according to the Bible? Well, it's all mystery. And I don't pretend to know all of the answers, but I do know the one who does know all of the answers, and I trust him. And so I can leave it as mystery. I can leave it without fully understanding because I trust the one who does fully understand. You know, the human desire to know all and understand all mysteries 
is misguided and sometimes even sinful. It's related to the original sin of Adam and Eve who wanted to know good and evil by eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because by doing so, we think we'll become self-sufficient and no longer need God. If we can figure it all out, we don't need God and we don't need to trust him anymore. We become our own gods in that case. But there are some things that we cannot understand and we should not try too hard because when we try, we try too hard and we make up things. <laughs> Just to make it make sense, we make up things. As faithful followers of Jesus, we should welcome healing whenever it occurs and become reflective when it does not occur. We must become able to live with mystery because we cannot understand everything and we won't understand until we're with Jesus in heaven. And then we won't care <laughs> because we'll be so excited about being with him. But in the meantime, in our lives here on, on this earth, we need to learn how to be okay with mystery. In the Bible, the ultimate healing, of course, is salvation. Healing and salvation are linked together. Jeremiah 17, 14 says, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. Psalm 103, verse 3 says, Who forgives all your iniquity? Who heals all your diseases? And Jesus his name means God saves, took it upon himself to bring ultimate healing to us. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. 1 Peter 2 24 picks up on this and, and, and states it differently. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that free from sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. And so God, whose name is Healer, extends his healing ministry through you and me, the church, into the world, to proclaim the gospel, the good news, and to heal. Are you in need of healing? Do you know someone in need of healing? Come to the one who is Healer. That's his character. That's who he is. That's what he does. It's his name, Jehovah Rapha. And if you find yourself in the unenviable position of having prayed for healing and not received it, at least not in the way you would prefer, spend some time in prayer asking God to reveal his presence to you and to consider the mystery of God's providence. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, is our healer. We should pray for healing for ourselves, for loved ones, even for strangers. But he may not have the same kind of healing in mind as we do. The trick is to uh, work toward knowing him and knowing his mind. And as people of faith, it behooves us to defer the ultimate decisions to him and to learn to trust. Next week, we'll continue this series of Because of Who You Are by looking at Jehovah Rohi, which is the Lord, our shepherd. I want you to read Psalm 23 in preparation. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, our shepherd.